Front of Torture, Top Rope Walking, Ultimate Exit, Serious, Brexit, Never Be Vague with your boy Craig, and opinion mixing from Peter Nixon, keep to the things in an impactful way, bloody nonsense as the Brits say, talking bloody nonsense. Yes, it's me, it's me, it's the M-I-C, Craig, a.k.a. Mr. Impact, and I'm, of course, I'm joined by the excellent Peter Nixon. This is Talking Bloody Nonsense, episode 7, right here on the TNA IW channel. It's a new week, new impact, lots to talk about yet again, but first things first, Nixon, how's it going? Yeah, all good. Um, I've been busy. <laughs> I've, um... Yes. Um, I, I know you're aware, but uh, I might as well make our listeners aware, our audience aware. Um, I just did an interview with Len Davies, um, who has done so much, not just in wrestling, but in the entertainment business. Um, did the interview yesterday. Um, I had a whole list of things I wanted to talk to him about. Um, we, were, we were talking for an hour, and I, we talked about half the stuff on the list. So we're going to have to do a part two at some point. And Glenn's up for it. So, uh, um, yeah, you'll be seeing that on YouTube and hopefully it's going to be tagged on the end of this episode. Yes, yes uh, stick around and you never know your luck. You might get to see it before it's released for the rest of the world on YouTube late, at a later date. But as I said, it's this week with Impact. It's been another interesting one. Not necessarily with impact news, but impact related news. I'm sure we've all seen it by now, but I guess let's get into our our main headline of this week. And it is, of course, Mickey James in the Royal Rumble. Now, I want to get your feelings on because it was, it was surrounded by quite a bit of buzz. You know, it, many people are saying that it was the highlight of the Rumble. Or at least one of them, and a pretty big one at that. And not in the women's, women's, women's Rumble with Mickey James being introduced as the Impact Women's Champion. But also in the Men's Royal Rumble, there's a little segment between AJ Styles and Bobby Roode. Mm-hmm. And a very, very audible TNA chant started to kick off. So, yeah, what's your thoughts on Mickey, the buzz, how you think it's benefited Impact? And, yes. Yeah, throwing your thoughts on the TNA chat as well, <laughs> why not? Well, I was very vocal last week on the pod um, about the fact that I thought Mickey James would never be able to use her, her Impact Wrestling theme to never be able to to enter with the championship belt. Sure enough, we're watching it um, live at my pub um, on the projector through the PA. We have a great nice. setup there. And, uh, yeah, the lads and ladies... Or it was like, oh, ne- never, never use a TNA theme, will they? Nah, never come out with a belt, will they? Nah. Yeah, I got ribbed mercilessly for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've watched the moment back, um, you know, on uh, YouTube and Twitter. Because and, it's been shared, the, you know, fan cam footage has been shared of it as well. And the pop was fantastic. You know, people recognise the theme tune and um, you know, people were hyped for the fact that the Impact Knockouts champion uh, was in the Royal Rumble. So, yeah, it was a very exciting moment. Um, she had a good little showing. Um, did round about, you know, the, the time that I expected. Um, not yeah. too long, not too short. She had a good little showing. 
and yeah, very positive, um, you know, outcome there. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I was hoping very much that she would come out to hardcore country, and then she did. Honestly, when it was when the, I was like, I watched it live as well. Um, when they were doing the countdown and stuff, and see for every entrant, I was thinking, is this Mickey? Is this going to be Mickey? And when it was Mickey, it took me a second to realize that they're playing hardcore country. It took me a few seconds, like, oh shit, they're actually using it, and then out she comes with a knockout championship. Because we is... we are so used to hearing that theme tune that it doesn't automatically register. Right, watching the WWE, it's like, is that what I think it is? And then of course it is. She comes out with a knockout world championship. No. And if I, I'm not, I don't think everyone got a got a uh, banner on the screen to introduce them, did they? I can't, no. I can't remember now. So Mickey came out, she got that. You know, she got Hawker Country, she got the title. She managed to, uh, it was very, very clearly announced on commentary. Yeah, and the banner said Impact Women's Champion. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing to see, you know, never in a million years, I think that this, this would be a possibility, especially when it comes to Impact and WWE. Mm. But on the flip side of that, WWE and Impact have always, since Anthem came in, uh, Scott and Don and Ed Nordholm, about two months into their run um, in charge of Impact, they went to WWE, they had a meeting with Triple H, and they just let them know that that they're there. Which that obviously led to a, a relationship, if you like, where they exchanged footage, you know, for many different things that you can that is still you can still see on the network, mm. unless uh, Peacock's taken off. <laughs> but it's, I mean, what a moment! Like you said, Mickey had a fantastic run in there, and it got me thinking whether we could see more. I mean, I think Mickey only got one one elimination. That was uh, Michelle McCall. Yeah. But even so, a lot of people didn't think she'd even get that. I think she, uh, Mickey came in at number 20, which like left a lot of people wondering whether that was like a, like a little nod to impact because it was their 20th anniversary. I don't know, maybe reading too much into that one. <laughs> I think that's a coincidence. But yeah. if, if it's not, that's really cool. Yeah, I think it might be reading a little bit too much, too yeah. much into that one. But it was still just a phenomenal moment to see. Speaking of phenomenal, in mm. the men's Royal Rumble, of course, uh, Bobby Roode and AJ Styles had a little face-to-face. First time they've, they've seen each other, uh, not not on, on camera anyway, in years, in, in kayfabe, if you like. They haven't uh, really interacted that much. And when they did, a fair few people started a TNA chant, which, again... Something I'd never thought I'd see on a WWE show. I, I have seen it on a WWE show before a few times. But, I mean, the last time Tina was mentioned was that little dig from Kurt Angle to Sami Zayn and, Kurt, and Kevin Owens. Mm. So, something I never dreamed of seeing. I, I would love to know what Rude and Stars are thinking at, at that moment. Well, I think that moment was set up purely to get a TNA chant because why they're not they're not feuding they're, I don't think they've ever feuded in WWE why would those two face off in the Royal Rumble if it wasn't to get a TNA chant and to get that little moment for Impact Wrestling um, 
I was watching it with, as I said, some of my friends and uh, Frank Fiat, um, the man who produced our intro theme. Yes, thank uh, you. We both threw up the uh, fortune (laughs) fork. Good old fortune. (laughs) (laughs) Good old fortune. Yeah, so it was a very cool moment and, you know, wasn't necessary at all. WWE didn't need to do that, but it was very cool to see. Yeah, agreed. It, you know, I mean, it's, that was just a, a huge, huge rub for Impact. It, it's, it's, it can't be ignored. It, I mean, maybe it has something to do with the rise in TV ratings on Access. Maybe that was a part of it. Or maybe it was part of the New Japan stuff, but we might get into that a little bit more yeah. in the next subheading. But, I mean... That was Mickey James, Impact Wrestling Knockouts World Champion in the WWE Royal Rumble, and had a decent run. I, I think it was around the ten minute mark, maybe. I don't know. I obviously I didn't I didn't particularly count that much. And then after Mickey was eliminated, she went backstage to do an interview for the for a digital 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 exclusive interview for WWE's social medias, and even they again mentioned that. Uh, she is the knockouts, the, the Impact Women's Champion, which the Impact fan side of me wants to scream out saying, no, it's the Knockouts Championship. Mm-hmm. But I, I I understand all of that. And but, and also, again, unfortunately, there were a few still people online still who were uh, complaining again about WWE not tagging Impact in the posts. I mean, it is a, it is a, a, a stupid, naggy little thing. It, it's not important because, and they we have Google, we have Twitter. You can find out who Impact are without WWE tagging them. But I mean, just great stuff. And obviously, you mentioned with the uh, TNA champ being set up. Uh, maybe Shane McMahon was looking for a new job. Yeah, that's true. That's come out today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Quite, I don't know what exactly has happened there, but yeah, um, I, I can't see Shane going to any other wrestling company. He'll, I think he'll become up with another venture. Yeah, it, uh, I can't see Shane coming anywhere else. But I mean, just yeah, what a great moment! It was, it was arguably a highlight of the night. And the pop Mickey got, even though it felt like it's, um, there's a few people in the audience who didn't quite know whose music was, music was being played. But then the Tron came on, yeah. and it was it was pretty obvious after that point. If I can just say, my highlight, beside Mickey James, my highlight of the Women's Rumble was Ivory. <laughs> yeah, again, great When that right to censor music came on, because I, um, I thought Ivory might make an appearance, because she, uh, she hasn't done a Rumble since... Uh, she was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Right. And I thought, yeah, maybe this is the year we'll see Ivory. And what she did was just perfect. Very entertaining. Agreed, and still looks phenomenal. Even she looked exactly uh, the same as she did in yeah. 2001. Exactly, and I, I, think, I think I saw that she's approaching her 50s, which is I think, yeah, I think mind-blowing. she's into her 50s. Yeah, which is mind-blowing. So big, big props to Ivory then. This the whole spiel on the mic, perfect. Yeah. So yeah, that was the Royal Rumble. <laughs> it's 
I'm sure like many people, and like you said that you've gone back and watched it. I'm sure many people have gone back and watched that moment quite a few times. Uh, I believe it was, was it Pat McAfee on commentary? I can't remember. I can't remember. I sound like Pat, I think it was Pat McAfee on commentary again who made it. Yeah, who popped for it quite a bit. Maybe it was no. I think yeah, it was Corey Graves and those three. So anyway, it was a, it was a long night. Jimmy Smith. It was Jimmy Smith that made reference to the Impact Knockouts Championship or Women's Championship. And I know a lot of people were up in arms about the banner saying Impact Women's Champion. But a casual WWE fan wouldn't know what a knockouts championship is. So right. the fact they call it Impact Women's Championship, I don't think it really makes any difference. Didn't offend me anyway. No, I think it's, it's plus WWE call their titles the Women's Championships. So yeah, you know, it's it's not a big deal. It's no. still, it's still still nobody thought they'd even make reference to the fact that she was even even with Impact, mm. let alone let her come out to her to her. Her theme, which I'm guessing means Mickey gets royalties as well. Yeah, because she, I mean, it's her singing it, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, her song. Yeah. It's her song, she wrote it, she sang it, yeah. So on top of her paycheck, she gets royalties for the song as well. Yeah. Oh, good it, to her. Yeah, it comes out with a title. All in all, not a bad night for Mickey James and yeah. not a bad night for Impact Wrestling. Yeah. So moving on, still sticking with Impact and their working relationships, we talk about Impact. New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor. I mean, especially over the last uh, last year and, and last uh, two months with the Ring of Honor side. But I mean, uh, the TV ratings on Access TV. I know it doesn't affect us here in the UK, but it was still the highest they've had in over a year. Nearly cracked the one uh, top 100 most watched shows of that night, I believe. Mm. Excuse me. And considering yeah. the coverage that Access has, which I, I don't think it's in every single home in America. No, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. you have to get a certain box to watch it through. Um, Max and Jeff on the main show, they know more about it than we do. They've <laughs> spoken about it many, many times. You can hear their take on it um, on, on, the, on episode 77, which is available on YouTube and audio now. They make reference to the TV, TV ratings there and go, go into a bit more depth on it. We're just looking at it from an impact perspective on how this, well, these forbidden doors swinging every which way but loose mm-hmm. has been nothing but positive for impact. You know, I want to get your take on it. It's just, we have the Bullet Club coming in, the Honor No More faction, Ring of Honor, uh, I'm when we're president Carrie Selkin, I believe he's the president. I should really have looked up on this, but I'm, I'm aware of who he is and how big of an impact he has on Ring of Honor. So, what's your thoughts on this whole situation? It can, surely it can only be positive for impact, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, the ratings have uh, have shown that this is working. The the buzz around impact right now, especially after Hard to Kill being such an incredible pay per view. And, you know, Honor No More, the Ring of Honor invasion. Or is it, you know, there's so many questions, a lot of cliffhangers. And, you know, that's compelling television. That is how you write good television. You know, you keep people wanting more. So, yeah, obviously it's working, you know. Um, with the Bullet Club, uh, 
I, I'd like to see Chris Bay pick up a few more wins. I know we spoke about it um, previously, yeah. but I'm guessing they've got plans. He hasn't been losing for no reason. They must have plans in place for the for Chris Bay and the Bullet Club over the next few weeks. Got to be. But yeah, I mean, what else can you say about it, really? It's just it's going very well. Um, the, the Forbidden Door, the relationship with New Japan and Ring of Honor... And I'm just excited to see, you know, where it goes in the future, in the very near future. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, since Anthem took over, I mean, TNA Impact have always had working relationships with other companies. They pride themselves on working with anyone who wants to work with them. You know, they, I think they've worked with every major promotion in Japan now. Mm. Maybe, maybe not all Japan. They've worked with All Japan in like 2003, 2004 yeah, so. for the original World X Cup. They brought yes. over um, some of their crew, like Taiji Ishikari, and people yeah. like that. Yeah, and uh, worked with uh, Dragon Gate. Yeah. Of course, they had they had a working relationship with New Japan back in 2010, 2011. But they said about that now, the better. <laughs> Because it's only positivity from now on with this relationship. Scott Demore, when he he you know he, he prided himself on getting this relationship back up and running with New Japan by going over to uh, Wrestle Kingdom and personally apologising to New Japan and to Okada for what happened in in TNA, which yeah. you know that's that's next level boss work. Well, he didn't need to do that. It's not his fault. That right. whoever was in charge at the time dropped the ball with Okada. They did. They just didn't know what they had. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I believe at the time it was uh, Russo, Jarrett, and Dixie and Hogan. Yeah. So it was. It was just that's just a just a bad mix of people right there. For, yeah, a lot of balls dropped there, weren't there? A lot of people that yeah. that should have been used more and uh, have gone on to be the biggest stars in the world, like the Young Bucks. Right, yeah, it's just a bad time in general, but this impact wrestling is a million miles away from TNA, and yes. and it was it, it needed to happen. I know, I know a lot of people still say that they want to see the company rebrand back as TNA, which I think too much time's passed. You've got a, a still unfortunately there's still quite a few of a. People with, with a sour taste left in their mouth over all of that. Definitely. So, still, still people with the old TNA, you know, uh, headset. What I'd like to see is them do a TNA, one TNA show every year. Yeah. Bust out some of the old TNA regulars, um, you know, recreate a TNA set, maybe bring back the six-sided ring for one night. You know, um, Ultimate X, King of the Mountain, you know, some TNA throwbacks. Monsters yeah. Ball, you know, stuff like that for one night only of the year. Not go back to TNA every night of the year because, you know, Impact Wrestling has moved on from that, like you said. But yeah, it'd be cool to have a nostalgia night once a year, as well as you know, like throwback throwdown and yeah, something different. Just a, an Impact Plus special, you know. I know they've yeah. done it in the past. Um, I, I remember the last one they did. Uh, it was a few years ago, and uh, I think it was just before the pandemic, wasn't it? So it had been yeah, years ago. Gonna... And Johnny Swinger's on it, Scott Steiner, 
Um, yeah. They busted out some other people, and it wasn't great. They could have done a better job with it. But yeah, if they yeah. if they really throw you know all they can at it and do a three hour impact plug special every year, there's no reason why they can't do TNA once a year. Right, and you mentioned there the uh, the TNA show they did on Access just just as the pandemic was hitting full force. Um, obviously that was in order to set up the following uh, week, the following weekend for that uh, TNA show at WrestleCon. That's right, yeah. They had uh, King of the Mountain set up the Impact, the TNA World Championship, which was then, I, I think the plan then was to have the title on the line for that one night, but the, but, uh, the World Champion, which I believe was Sammy Brian Cage at the time, no, no, it must, it must have been Tessa. It must have been Tessa. It would have been Tessa Blanchard, yeah. Yeah. So I think the plan was for Tessa to walk in with the, with the TNA World Championship, but still be Impact World Champion. Yeah. And that, and obviously then that led to a great run with Moose, so not too another like that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously uh, Chris Saban was supposed to be in charge of that King of the Mountain. So it, was, it should have been a great night. And, you know, they are heading back to WrestleCon this year, I don't know who announced what they're doing. Maybe it's the time to pick up this, pick up what they were going to do there and put it on, on at WrestleCon this year. I've not, I think they've announced. I think they've announced what they're doing, but I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah, this TNA unfortunately needs to be left where it is. Remember it, celebrate it. Occasionally through a throwback, but leave where it is because yeah. Impact, Impact Wrestling had to build back up from the bottom. Anthem coming in, they had to take over and start from scratch all over again to build an, a brand new company with a brand new reputation. And they've done one hell of a job as proven by this relationship with New Japan and Ring of Honor because New Japan have sent over some of their biggest stars. You know, they've sent over, they sent over their, I believe it's the Neverweight Open champion, Jay White. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suzuki, it's just still crazy to me that they sent Suzuki, Suzuki over. And they, now, they now trust Impact. Guys, yes, Suzuki uh, may have lost to Josh Alexander, but it didn't hurt him because it's, it's Suzuki, it's the murder grandpa. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing going to get in his way. And uh, also, of course, speaking of uh, the Forbidden Door and all that going on uh, today, uh, one of the batch, the NXT batch of free agents are now free agents, including Keith Lee, Mia Yim, David Boy Smith Jr. and a few others. I should have, I, I did write them down, but I can't see the list now. You know, it's. It's unfortunate what happened that they had to lose a job, but now looking at the positive side of it, you know, is do you see maybe any of them coming through the door? Impact Impact do have a good history when it comes to the free agency free agency market. If you look at their roster now, some of the biggest biggest stars on their roster came from the WWE free agency pool, and they weren't really getting the push they maybe should have, and now they're an impact and their stars. Diana Perazzo is a big, big 
uh, proven point right there. So yeah, it's you know, anyone particularly you'd like to see come or just yeah, just have at it with this free agency. Yeah, um, there's I'd love to see love to see Key Three come to um, to Impact, but I think most of the names that are now free agents will end up in AEW. I know uh, tonight on, sorry, last night on Dynamite, John Moxley wrestled Brian Kendrick. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's signed a contract or if uh, it was a one-off deal because Moxley's feuding with Brian Danielson and the link there with Danielson and Kendrick. Um, and that yeah. maybe that's what we could see more of going forward is people popping up in AEW for a short period, like Matt Cardona did, before then transitioning to another company or, you know, trying to make their name on the indies for when they eventually maybe go back to WWE. Because it's something that I can see. Uh, Killer Cross, for example, I just can't see where he's going to end up. He's burnt his bridge with Impact. Uh, I can't see AEW being interested in him. Um, the only place for cross right now that makes sense is japan yeah. and then for him to to build his name like a lance archer or a davy boy smith jr um right. who you know made the their names when they got released from wwe you know they went to japan made themselves massive stars and now lance archer is one of the top contenders for the title on aew and davy boy smith yeah you know, he got his chance to go back there to WWE. It didn't work out, unfortunately. But now he's got just a wide open horizon for where he could land. He's He's got links with MLW, New Japan. He could walk right into Impact. And he's another guy that, because um, Pillman, Brian Pillman Jr. is in AEW. Uh, they were the Hart Foundation in MLW. You know, yeah. Davey Boy Smith could walk right into AEW. It could even be, I mean, of course, Dynamite was last night. We haven't seen it yet, but he could have debuted on Dynamite last night. Who knows? It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think Davey's the one that excites me the most for where he could end up. I think Keith Lee and Mia Yim will also, in time, end up in AEW. Uh, I'd love to see Mia Yim come back to impact but i think she'll go where keith goes and for me keith belongs in aew they need especially with everything that went on with tony khan and the the diversity debate i think he'd be foolish not to try and sign keith lee for the you know and make him one of the biggest stars on their roster the only yeah. other name that I think should end up back in impact is Tyre Valkyrie. For sure. Tyre yeah. is a must. Yeah. Again, it's someone who could walk into whatever company she desires, but she belongs in impact for me because that's the company that put her on the map. Well, I know she made her name in AAA and Lucha Underground, but she became the star she is in Impact Wrestling. And I'd love to see her come back and carry on where she left off. Yeah, Taya is a star and still, to say, the longest reigning Impact Knockouts World Champion. 
so it makes perfect sense she can come right back she has a she has some time away so she can come in with a, with a fresh storyline you know uh she, she can feud with rosemary over or even feud, feud with havoc for team with rosemary mm. you know she has i mean also the whole thing with larry d but obviously unfortunately as uh, you maybe may or may not be aware of larry d last night requested his release from impact wrestling and i think like ac romero it may take a few days but larry d will be a free agent by next week which unfortunately because i was a big fan of larry d and he could have it, it could have done a lot more than they than they did but it's he's gonna kill wherever he goes because he, he's he's a he's a big man and Maybe he'll probably end up on Rampage or something or Dark, but I don't think he's focused on just wrestling now. Maybe he's going off into onto other things. So best look to him wherever, wherever, wherever he ends up. And he has an open invite to come on here or TV and chat whenever he wants. <laughs> best right hand in the business. Oh, yes. I, I, when, he, when he got signed, great stuff. I think so, if I could just, uh, just talk about Gary D for two seconds... He, I think he saw the writing on the wall. I think he realised the storyline with the the Lawrence D, you know, what was it called, Ring Rust. I think he noticed it's not really going anywhere. I don't think they've got brands for me. There's all these free agents. I think I'm going to get overlooked here. It's time for me to go and prove myself elsewhere. And then, you know, he can walk into whatever company he wants after that. But yeah, it's a shame we're losing Larry D. Um, but yeah, best of luck to him. I'm sure he'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's essentially a veteran. He's been around for years and, you know, he did, he did fine leading up to impact and he'll do more than fine now. Now he has uh, more exposure and a bigger yeah. brand to his name. So all the best to him. The, as for the free agency thing, just touch on it quickly, David Roy Smith, Ty Valkyrie and Mia Yim. Those are three I want. Those are three I think Impact should just go for. And I think those are three they have the best chance of signing. Okay. Yeah, so anywho, now we move on to the second subheading of the evening, the Impact re-preview, pre-review. Impact pre-review. Re-preview. Yeah, re-preview, we'll go with that. (laughs) Uh, We had on this week's Impact... Uh, started off with a solid match on BTI with Laredo Kid defeating Blake Christian and uh, big welcome back to Brian Stifler. <laughs> uh, Jake Something on the as we started off, Jake Something defeated Chris Bay before the Bullet Club. Tamatonga, Tangaloa, and Jay White came out after an attempted save by uh, Spiegel Matt Bailey as Bullet Club defeated beat down Jake something and people Mike Bailey uh, on, on no more then entered the building, took their seats in the front row before Scott Demore came out and said, go. They said no. So now they have a match booked at no surrender. But before we, we got to no surrender, uh, PCO uh, will be taking on Chris Saban in the main event in a rematch from TNA 2003. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then uh, the inspiration defeated the influence and you were correct it was indeed a non-title match 
backstage, Speedball Mike Bailey, Jake something, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton plan on getting back at the Bullet Club, but of course the match has to be made official by management. And fortunately, Gail Kim just happened to be backstage and she booked it for next week. It is Speedball Mike Bailey, Jake something, Ace and Fulton versus Bullet Club this week tonight on Impact Wrestling. Then another backstage segment you had uh, Good Brothers by Design, Violent Good Brothers, whatever we're calling them, mm. agreed to keep their working relationship intact to help take out Bullet Club. That was followed then by a state of the knockouts address by Mickey James, who essentially just praised the roster and hyped up her entry, entry into the Royal Rumble, which then was two nights away. Of course, it's now almost a week gone. Uh, that led to an uh, altercation between uh, Savannah Evans, Tasha Steeles, uh, Mickey James and Chelsea Green. Also had a little uh, back and forth between Mickey and Deanna. Uh, and then in an eight-on-one handicap match, W. Morrissey defeats all eight members of the learning tree <laughs> before being attacked by Brian Myers, Moose and the rest of the learning tree. Uh, that was followed up by a, a match. I thought that a match that went longer than I probably expected. Uh, Jonah defeated Johnny Swinger, <laughs> uh, which then uh, Decay then came out to help Swinger in some confusing way. Still not what, what that was about the whole Decay and Jonah and Swinger thing, but I guess we'll soon find out. And in the main event. Uh, PCO with Honor No More that uh, defeated Chris Sabin with Eddie, Eddie, Josh, Mac, Swan, Heath, Rhino, all those guys at ringside. An interesting development in that match. Honor No More uh, took out Chris Sabin's legs for the ref seeing. Then Eddie Edwards blatantly in front of the referee. Referee, he knew because the referee, referee knew he could see him took out PCO's legs, causing Team Impact to be sent to the back. That ended up with uh, PCO getting an advantage to, to pick up the win, which, of course, then led to another brawl. Uh, yeah, I'll get your thoughts on that, particularly the actions of Eddie Edwards, even after the match, when uh face-to-face with Vincent, but did not touch him. That, and then stopped Josh Alexander from putting on the ankle lock for too long. Your thoughts on impact this week? Well, we're gonna start from the top. Um, we said uh, last week about Blake Christian, um, the fact that he's he's really impressed me since uh, being released from WWE, coming back to the Indies, and it's awesome to see him pop back up in Impact. He looks fantastic, and the match was tremendous against Laredo Kid. I'm not shocked. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, the guy is. Uh, is really, really good, and I've got high hopes for him. I don't know if he's going to be an impact full-timer, but the stuff he's doing in GCW and everywhere else, you know, good for him. Proud of him, and uh, yeah, I've got really high hopes for what he does in the future. Yes. Um, So let's talk about Jake something right quick. I know he's um, battling depression at the moment. And that's something that uh, that you've got a 
you know heavy interest in. I know you you've got a project in the works in terms of talking about depression. Did you want to talk about that right quick? Uh, yeah, it's it's just a thing where we we're going to have a virtual roundtable with uh, professional professional wrestlers, content creators, anyone who wants to be involved. Talk about how mental health has helped, how how our mental health mental health has affected us, and how wrestling has helped us battle our mental health. I myself suffer with with mild depression, so it's it's not easy. But on here we. We're very, very supportive of mental health issues, and and you know who we are if you want to reach out to us. Carol, as you're saying, yeah, uh, Jake something, good match with Chris Bay. Um, again, Jake something. If for, for someone who was meant to be going out of the company, pick up a big win here. Um, mm. so I'm interested to see what happens there. Um, if Jake something sticks around, we'd like to see him stick around, obviously, and then. Uh, the announcement of the big eight-man tag on tonight's episode with Ace and Fulton uh-huh. on the, the babyface side. Is it interested to see what happens there? Uh, I like the pairing of Jake something and Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, obviously, they know each other from Canada. Um, Destiny Wrestling, I think, is where they were prominently featured. And... Um, Obviously, they had the match a couple of weeks ago on Impact. So, uh, yeah, I like that pairing. Two totally different wrestlers. Uh, And then Ace and Fulton, obviously, um, are a tag team. Two totally different guys. Uh, Same sort of dynamic there. Um, Going up against the Bullet Club. uh, I like G.O.D. I think they're a tremendous team. I um, I love their vibe. I like their style. Um, just you know their swagger I think they're yes. tremendous and Jay White um, you know we were at Madison Square Garden we saw Jay White against Okada in the main event and the guy's incredible so and again another guy that's got a lot of buzz about him uh, a guy that people were saying uh, I think two years ago oh yeah he's definitely going to be in the Rumble this year oh he's finished up with New Japan he's going to be in the Rumble no, I mean, back, a week later. Yeah. back in New Japan a week later yeah exactly the casual WWE fan wouldn't have known who Jay White was. I'm sorry. Um, I would love to have seen him in the Royal Rumble, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, excited for that eight-man tag. Um, interested to see what happens there, um, whether Ace and Fulton, you know, uh, they say it on Wrestle Talk every week, can they coexist? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else happened? So we had the, the Mickey James... Um, address uh, the, the locker room, and that was a really cool segment. Uh, a lot going on there, um, and I know a lot of people were saying it went a bit long. It was the perfect amount of time. It accomplished exactly what it needed to. It set Mickey up for the Royal Rumble. Um, it established Tasha as the the heel contender for No Surrender. It got Chelsea involved in the angle and obviously showcased Savannah. Diana walked off, so you know what's happening there. Yeah. I'm guessing we're going to, going to get a rubber match, a third match between Diana and Mickey at some point. I would say in a ladder match or cage match, winner take all. I think that's how this feud needs to be blown off. Okay. And then 
Yeah, the main event with uh, PCO and Chris Sabin. You know, I've made no bones about it. I'm a huge PCO guy. I think the guy, regardless of his age, the man is phenomenal. He can do stuff that I can't do. So, yeah, PCO and Chris Sabin, really, really good main event. Had a, a good amount of time dedicated to it. And I am um, the whole Eddie Edwards thing. I still can't help but think this is all a red herring. Oh. So obviously, you know, as you said, Eddie uh, did it right in front of the ref's face and got the the front line uh, yeah. sent back to the locker room. Um, so, you know, on and no more, good stay ringside and PCO pick up the victory. And then uh, after the match ended, uh, he pulled Josh off of the ankle rock. I think he went to hit Vincent with the stick and allowed and stopped short, allowed Vincent to powder. Yeah. I think Vincent is is wrestling on tonight's episode, isn't he? He is. He's facing Josh Alexander. There you go. Uh, interested to see, you know, how that plays out and the you know, the whole Eddie dynamic, because they need to start calling Eddie out on his actions. Mm. Yeah. And I just can't help but think as a red herring and someone else is the mole. Because we've seen it before, you know, we've seen Bully Ray um, be established as the leader of Aces and Eights. You know, the educated audience member you know the ed- the educated watcher of impact wrestling will will see these things and i guess it's a reward for being a a loyal watcher but yeah i just can't help but think it's a red herring and it's cuz it's obvious it's almost too obvious i don't know yeah. what do you think about the whole eddie edwards thing i think they're going to do it eddie will turn heel at no surrender Right. Eddie will turn his back on Impact. I just because when he does, especially if it's in front of an avid like Impact faithful crowd, Eddie will get booed out of the building. He's turned his back on Impact Wrestling. He is Mister Impact Wrestling. He is Mister Anything Is Possible. So he's done heart and soul. So for him to turn his back on Impact, I think I really want him to get that big just heel reaction because it will piss me off that's for sure it will even though i'm expecting it i know it's coming i think i know it's coming i will be so pissed off at eddie which is what i want i want to be pissed off at him for doing it if he does do it which Mm. it's seeming more likely it really is i i don't want him to by any means, but uh, I'm getting vibes. I'm getting 1996 vibes of uh, so if Josh Alexander is Lex Luger and Eddie Edwards is Sting, is Sting going to join the NWO? Luger, Josh accuses Eddie Sting of being part of Honor No More. I told you, I'm the I'm the you know the heart and soul of Impact Wrestling. Um. And he finally shows his true colours, and either he is or he isn't the mole. If he isn't, and it's all a red herring, Eddie can then change his character up and, you know, do like Sting did. 
you know, become a bit of a darker, edgier character because no one believed he was loyal to Impact. And so I'm, I, if it does, if it does come to fruition that Eddie is behind all this, I kind of want to mix between the reactions of like, in Impact terms, Bully Ray and Jeff Hardy. I want something in the middle of Bully Ray and Jeff Hardy because. Man, it'll be, it's good, it has potential to be one of the best heel turns in Impact. Mm. If done right, of course. But I mean, we'll soon see. And now we get on to this week's Impact Wrestling. And the card, as announced so far, is of course we have the uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, Jake Something, Ace and Fulton versus Bullet Club. We have Matt Cardona versus Chelsea Green for the Digital Media Championship. We have Jonathan Gresham versus Steve Macklin in a non-pure rules, non-title match. Jonah versus Crazy Steve. Vincent versus Josh Alexander. And John Skyler versus Bupinder Gurja. I hope I said that name right. We're looking forward to on that card. And is this, I mean, it has the potential to be another banging episode from Impact. But what are your thoughts? I don't know who Bupinder is. Is I'm guessing it's... Uh, a Raj Singh or Gamma Singh protege that they're bringing in to sort of re-establish the Desi Hit Squad. I'm not entirely sure. I think he's. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm on the same boat as you. I don't know a lot about him. To mm. assume that I've I've never heard of him before now. But I guess we'll see what, what he can do. Yeah. Whatever happened to Mahabali Shira? Uh. I honestly don't know. I know he popped up in OVW uh, last week, but that's about it. He popped up in OVW because obviously he's good friends, good friends with Al Snow and is uh, one of the trainers at the Al Snow Wrestling Academy in London. Right. So, but apart from that, I don't know. He keeps popping in and out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I'm interested to see what happens there. Um the match I'm looking forward to is uh, Macklin and Gresham in a in a wrestling match, in a traditional you know wrestling match, as opposed to the the pure rules style match. I think this is where Macklin gets his win back, and he starts to get a bit of momentum going again because he's got you know the last two matches he's lost after you know winning every single match or not losing a match since his debut. So then losing two on the trot. Macklin needs a win. And, you know, could Honor No More get involved in that? And uh, is, is Gresham involved in Honor No More? We don't know. So, yeah, that's the match I'm looking forward to. I think Jonah and Crazy Steve. I'm, I'm really... <sighs> I'm interested to see Swinger's Dungeon. Because yeah. it's the next, you know, evolution from Swingers Palace, isn't it? So, you know, when you hear the word dungeon, you think, you automatically think, you know, deviant sex stuff, right? So that's not what Swingers got going on. It's it's a, it's Stu Hart's dungeon. It's the Hart yeah. dungeon, you know, it, it's Swingers dungeon. So he's obviously training wrestlers down there. But what what is going on down there? We don't know. So I'm interested to see what happens there with, um, you know, with Johnny Swinger and uh, and Decay. Um, 
and yeah, obviously Jonah's going to squash Crazy Steve. There's is no doubt in my mind about that. Right. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Yeah, it, this can this can be a great card. And as uh, tonight on Impact, uh, yeah, Matt Cardona versus, versus Jordan Grace for the Digital Media Championship, is this the night where we see Matt Cardona uh, turn heel? You know, if if he wins, even if, 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 if he doesn't win, this is a perfect opportunity to have the Matt Cardona from the independent scene. This is it. This is the, this is the chance to have the, to have the death match king on impact. So either way, I'm expecting a, a turn from Cardona, which I don't know if it'll be a turn because the crowd will love it. <laughs> they love it everywhere he goes. So I'm not sure if it'll be a complete heel turn. But besides that, you know, uh, Speedball, just something, it's important for the Bullet Club. What a match that is going to be. You know, Speedball like Bailey has been in the company a few, a few, technically been signed for a few months, only been there a couple of weeks. And he's already facing Bullet Club. He's facing New Japan's top promotion. And and he's teaming with Ace, and Fault, Ace, Ace Austin, who is one of the biggest homegrown talents Impact have, along with Chris Bay, who is facing. It's this is going to be incredible to watch. And I, uh, Lance Storm, and he seems to be very, very much interested interested in this match. Why? Yeah, put put out a little tweet wondering if uh, Brian Alvarez is going to watch this one. <laughs> And of course, there's a lot of comments on that one. <laughs> but you know, it's just, I'm not sure I'm on the squash match between Squish and Steve, but I'm looking forward to it either way. But now it's time for the final 10, 10, 10. Uh, so it was, uh, we've not realised this week, thanks to uh, someone I'm friends with on Facebook, that it's been six years since, well, since Impact Wrestling last had a full UK tour, a maximum impact tour. I mean, and that's just crazy to think about considering the market they have over here. But uh, again, uh, last year we were supposed to get a new tour. They were, but obviously this little thing called COVID, you know, <laughs> and they did, but they did come over to the UK in 2018 for um, MediaCon. And they had a great map, great show against the wrestlers from the UK. And speaking of that, is, is when Impact do eventually come back to the UK because it has to be inevitable now. By now, what other things you would like to see? Because I know there's been uh, some calls for another British boot camp. Of course, when they do come over here, they have they do a great job in showcasing the local talent. So is there anything in particular you want to see if Impact do come back over to the UK? Well, when they come back over to the UK, what is something that you've been wanting to see from a UK tour? Right, I've been thinking about this today. Um, so when Impact come back over to the UK, I want to see Impact Wrestling. I don't need to see all these UK talent oh. on the show because... The casual fan, and, and certainly people that you know go to independent wrestling shows in the UK, will already have seen these people 
They want to see people they haven't seen before. They want to see the stars of Impact Wrestling against the stars of Impact Wrestling. They don't need to see um, all the UK guys who they see every other weekend. And I know this is going to piss people off. Um, I'm really taking an opportunity for myself here. (laughs) (laughs) Say it. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, obviously, it was my dream to wrestle for Impact Wrestling, but uh, yeah, when Impact tour the UK, it needs to be Impact Wrestling. It doesn't need to be Impact versus Rev Pro or Impact versus Progress or Impact versus <laughs> DOA Wrestling. Just don't it it needs to be Impact there. Wrestling. We need to see the the storylines that are going on at that very moment. We need to see the title matches that have been built up on Impact. You know, we need to see the current champions against established contenders. As I say, I'm sure I've pissed people off with that, but I stand by it. And uh, how do you feel about about what I've just said? I can completely understand where you're coming from. You know, like you said, people are paying to see Impact Wrestling. Yeah, and and there's a good chance if well maybe they won't I can't see them sticking to the same venues they used to because times have changed the company has changed so maybe 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 it won't be as expensive but no I can stand people paying their money to come watch Impact I mean I would love to see some local talent pop pop up on the show you know because there's there is some incredible talent over here and. The, the world should have an opportunity to see them, even though now it is a lot easier for the world to see these talents because you know, these talent, of course, everyone has a person match, person match on YouTube now. They have social media, they can get, can get their name out without necessarily the, the help of Impact Wrestling. But I, I, I liked that part of the UK tour when they bring in some local talent because at that point. I wasn't really following the UK scene because we didn't really have much of a scene at that point. It was, obviously there was still a fair few shows around, but it wasn't as big as it is now or was two, three years ago. It's, it's not, it wasn't at its peak yet. So we had the likes of uh, Big Demo, who obviously where he ended up, but now he's back on that, on the frequency market. Again, there's someone Impact should definitely be looking into. Mm, absolutely. Um, I, I, even going back to the British boot camp, you know, the, the, the amount of talent who appeared on there and to work, to see where they are now, you look, I mean, yes, uh, they didn't really have much major success with the rest of the board and through British boot camp. Uh, Mandrews had a lot of opportunity or had a big opportunity, but then had a big opportunity with, with the WWE. So, you know, you can't fault them for that. No. It's a, once in a last opportunity to compete in that tournament. Yeah, he didn't win it, but he's still he's still on the NXT UK roster and he's still a former NXT UK tag team champion. So, fucking incredible for him. And then you look at Rockstar Spud. Yes, he was a two-time exhibition champion, but it took a while to get there. And and again, of course, now he's another free agent and uh, a, lo- a, and a local West Midlander. So even more even more want to see him back on impact. Um, and then. Again, there's so many names to pick from. Nikki Cross, now Nikki, St- Nikki Cross, Nikki Storm, Nikki, Cro- Nikki Cross, who's again former 
women's tag team champion and raw women's champion. There is so much incredible, incredible talent that appeared on that show. And you got to like impact did play a part in getting there because uh, the US, 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 the US audience may not have been too familiar with them, which then of course led to them being signed by WWE. So I'm all for, I mean, I'm not, I'm not overly keen on the fact that they come to impact and then just, just go to WWE. But fortunately that's happened more times than it hasn't happened. Yeah. But I mean, it's I I want to see local talent on the show. Maybe it doesn't have to be. I don't. I don't have to feature them in big, big like marquee matches. You know, have a battle royal here and there. Put put them in. Give the local audience a, a pop. That was that are familiar with this person. So I I'm I'm for it. But I, yeah, I can I can I can understand where you're coming from on that because. It is an impact wrestling show. But when I go back to the 2018 show at Media, uh, MediaCon, I think having a uh, British roster on there helped that show quite a lot because they promised, Impact promised a fair few wrestlers for that show to come over. And yet we still had some big stars coming over. We still had um, LAX. We still had Sue Young. Sammy Callahan, Rich Swan, Matt Sidell, Trevor Lee, I could go on and on. But who promised who was that uh promised um no uh, Johnny Impact, but for whatever reason he didn't come over, we promised so many others. But again, cards subject to change. Yeah. But they had you know, but all the, all the people had great matches with local talent. Um Eddie Edwards and Justin Sizem had a phenomenal match against Moose and Nathan Cruz. What I mean, just a, a great, great match, and at the time it was impacting in partnership with uh, WOS for the sport. So I was, cause I, I liked, I, I liked for the sport a lot. I was watching it when it came back. Even I thought it was great. So, but yeah, I can tell you coming from. I just, there's just so many great talent that I'd love to see appear on Impact for me as a fan of that person, as a fan of the company, as a fan of the person. I'd love to see them pop up on impact. Yeah, I'm not adverse to people getting opportunities. And I think one guest match in like the first match or the second match, or even one person that they bring in to wrestle one of the top stars, that's absolutely fine. But when you've got a whole show of, I don't know, let's say Josh Alexander versus Nathan Cruz, for example. You know, um, if you have a whole show of Impact versus the UK, then the effect of Impact Wrestling coming over for a show is lost. Yeah. If you're going to do a, a UK tour, it needs to be Impact Wrestling. They need to be on the marquee as their own brand. It can't be Impact versus anyone else. It can't be Impact featuring, you know, Progress or whoever. It needs yeah. to be Impact Wrestling. People are going to pay to go and watch Impact Wrestling. So, yeah, as I say, I'm not adverse to people getting opportunities. And a dark match, no, nah, not a dark match. Uh, you know, one or two matches in the show featuring British talent is fine. But, yeah, yeah. it needs to be Impact Wrestling. No, I, yeah, I understand that. You know, it's it's just... 
impacts you to get their asses back over here. I understand yes. and it's there's the uh, the, the uh, logistical problems that go into getting a show over here, but you know it they can hire there's bring hires over here, there's buildings they can use, there's talent they can bring over. So just this impact, please come back over here and and hopefully that will lead to a TV deal. And you know this conversation leads perfectly into the interview that I did with Ren Davies, TV and chats number three. And probably four, <laughs> because we, you know, we had a lot to talk about, and we didn't get to hardly any of it. But yeah, um, Len was very instrumental in the logistics of Impact or TNA Wrestling coming to the UK uh, in 2008, and then on through like 2012 or 13. And yeah, yeah he's got some incredible stories from you know those tours and. Uh, a story we didn't get to, but he told me after um, we finished recording will absolutely blow you away. It involves, it was when TNA were touring Europe and it's from Zurich and it's, it involves Scott Steiner and it is mad. <laughs> so I can't wait to to get that story out of Len um, on a future interview because it's, it's crazy. Uh, well, there we go. Stick around, and you and who knows you might see it at the end, but it will come out very soon on our YouTube channel. Speaking of YouTube, you can follow you can follow us here, there, and everywhere: Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Sounder, Spotify, and wherever else you podcast. I've been the MIC. He's been Nixon, and will continue to be Nixon. Until next time, goodbye, my friends. <laughs>